My name is Priya Krishna. I am a food reporter for the New York Times and the author of the cookbook Indianish. And a fun fact about me is that I can sing the entirety of several musicals start to finish, including but not limited to Chicago, Oklahoma, and Fiddler on the Roof. You know, I want to sing Mr. Cellophane, but no one likes Mr. Cellophane. <laughs> um, start the car, I know a whoopee spot where the gin is cold, but the piano's hot. I can keep going. It's just a noisy brawl where there's a nightly fall to do that jazz. <laughs> I'm Jesse Sparks, and this is The One Recipe, a podcast that ditches the formalities and asks chefs and talented cooks the question, what is your one recipe? Your go-to, the one you always have the ingredients for, just in case the craving strikes. This week, we're singing songs from the musical Chicago and chatting with cookbook author and New York Times food reporter Priya Krishna. Priya is the author of Indianish. Recipes and Antics from a Modern American Family, a renowned writer, and, as you just heard, a musical theater junkie. Priya, it's so good to have you. Of course. Anything for Jesse Sparks, my life motto. <laughs> oh my God, you are too good to me. So Priya, I already love you and I'm obsessed with you. I also have just loved following you in your career. Everyone knows the the public facade, the food writer, the cookbook author, the video host, the audio radio personality. But for anyone who doesn't know you and wants to get to know you a little bit more as you, how would you kind of describe yourself as a cook? I would describe myself as a lazy cook, honestly. Like I think <laughs> not enough food writers own up to the fact that that we are we are lazy cooks. Oftentimes we are eating out multiple times a week. So when I come, when I'm home, I want something like quick, reasonably healthy-ish and really, really flavorful. I'm all about the like high flavor to ease ratio. Oh yeah, I love it. And also, come on, eating out is work for us, right? <laughs> it's fine. It's not an issue. <laughs> Um, but, you know, you have had such a, a fun career and you've done so many things. But one thing I'm always curious about is just like, who are people that you really look out for and find inspiration in? Literally everything that Ligaya Mishan does, I consume. I feel like sitting down and talking to her about writing, I always learn so much from her. She's so creative. She's so interesting. I, I, I love the way she thinks. I love the way she writes. I will never be a food poet like Ligaya, but I will spend a <laughs> lifetime and a career trying. <laughs> Can you tell me really quick who Ligaya is for people who don't know? Yeah, Ligaya is a food writer who used to have a restaurant criticism column in the food section and now writes features in tea magazine about food and they explore very like broad ethereal topics like cannibalism and Oof. like <laughs> tr trompe l'oeil cakes and she somehow makes even the most mundane or like esoteric of topic feel interesting so she does such a thoughtful job with her writing oh gosh and i feel like that's just the mark of 
someone who really loves what they do and loves, Mm -hmm. you know, that intersection of art and food and Mm -hmm. also just the dreamy, the dreamy qualities. Yes. Who else are you really following and really loving? Um, My colleague, Yawande Komolafe, I think is just one of the most brilliant recipe developers. If you haven't made a Yawande Komolafe tofu recipe, you are missing out. When I talk about flavor to ease ratio, that is a Yawande recipe to the T. She always has a way of making me look at a spice or an ingredient in my cabinet in new ways. And, you know, she's also just like such a kind and hilarious and wonderful human. Oh my gosh, <laughs> kindness above all. And Yawande is currently at the New York Times with you also. So yes. it sounds like y'all have had just a great time over there. Yeah, I just, she's she's an amazing colleague. <laughs> I'm so lucky. Oh, I'm so <laughs> glad. And then who's just like an elder that you really look to or been following for a long time? I would say that I stand on the shoulders of Mother Joffrey. I sometimes just like read through her old cookbooks and it almost feels like what she was writing in the 70s and 80s still rings true today. I feel like she just has so much wisdom. She's so sharp. She's so smart. She's a cook. She's an author. She's an actress. She can literally do anything and just like make such an effort to connect with my generation. And I just really appreciate her. Shout out to the people that can do it all. And yeah. also the people who who do one very, very specific thing. Exactly. So now I want to ask you the question of the hour. What is your one recipe? I'm really glad that you asked this question. <laughs> yeah, Total surprise. I, 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 didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see this one coming. <laughs> um, my one recipe is a recipe by my colleague and friend, Tejal Rao, and it first appeared in New York Times Cooking. And I honestly couldn't even tell you what the name of the recipe is on Times Cooking, because in my mind, it's just like vegetables with coconut, chilies, and garlic with maybe some curry leaves and mustard seeds. When I tell you, like, (laughs) I looked at it once, and I've never had to look at it again, because I make it so often and with so many variations... That is the mark of a good recipe. You like don't, you don't even remember what oh, yeah. it's called. You're just like and that the- <laughs> delicious thing that Tejal made once. <laughs> right. And, and like the funny thing about it is like for anyone who doesn't just conveniently have the recipe in front of them, it's literally titled roasted squash with coconut, chili and garlic. Oh, and okay, great. The ingredients great. list is literally exactly as Priya <laughs> just described it. So that's how you know, like, this is this is in the arsenal. It's it's getting some usage. But, like, in my mind, <laughs> the squash is so irrelevant. Like, it's literally, like, any vegetable with chilies, coconut, and garlic. The chili, coconut, and garlic is oh, the yeah. main, main word here. I honestly can't remember the last time I made it with squash. Every vegetable in the alphabet I have made this particular dish with. Because it's more of a technique than just a, you know, one-off recipe, right? And it's an easy-to-memorize technique that does not require measuring and makes you feel fancy as hell when you're doing it. Listen, y'all, lazy cooking lovers, this is your moment. This is your time to shine. <laughs> so let's give the people what they want. Can you can you take me through the steps of the recipe? Sure. So, like, I, I'm, I'm going to take you this the steps of how the recipes evolve for me. If you go on New York Times <laughs> Cooking caveat this may not be (laughs) what appears there but this is just evolved and morphed over time so here's what i do (laughs) okay in a pan if i have mustard seeds and curry leaves i will put the mustard seeds in toast them or i put some coconut oil first toast the mustard seeds and then toast the curry leaves until they kind of crisp up a little bit sometimes i don't have mustard seeds 
or curry leaves. So if that's the case, I just heat up the coconut oil and do nothing from there. Or I add the mustard seeds and not the curry leaves. But again, if you don't have mustard seeds or curry leaves, you can skip this step. Just heat up the coconut oil. Then (laughs) I toss in my vegetables. I like to do this in a cast iron pan because I like vegetables that can get like a little bit of like a sear on them. But it doesn't have to be like I do green beans with these a lot. I do cabbage a lot. I've done carrots. I've done kale. What else? I've just done like straight up onions, just like big fat hunks of onion. I've done squash. I've done potatoes. And you basically cook the vegetables until they're like mostly done. For example, for like cabbage, you know, not until they're totally soft, but they still have like a little bit of a bite to them, but they've softened a little bit. So enough to wilt, but not enough to like fully disintegrate. Yeah. And while that's happening, you sort of leave your pan. I heat up some water in my kettle and then a little bowl. I'll put some dried chilies and I'll put some water and I'll let those soften for a minute. And then the mortar and pestle, I throw in however many cloves of garlic I'm feeling that day, usually like two to three. I put in like a small handful of grated coconut. And then once the chilies have softened, I just like tear off the stem and then put like one to two chilies, depending on how spicy I'm feeling that day. And I put that in a mortar and pestle. And then sometimes I'll put a little bit of the warm water and then I just like mash it up. The warm water sort of helps make it into a paste. And I mash it up into like a coarse paste. I like little bits of chili, little bits of garlic, little bits of coconut. I don't want it to be like baby food puree. Um, and <laughs> so the little the, pops of spice and exactly. flavor and brightness. Oh, and also salt your vegetables. Don't forget to salt when you add your vegetables. Season with salt. Please. Important. We're begging. <laughs> Please season your food Please season. at every step. Will not taste good without seasoning. So you season your vegetables. They've cooked their vegetables. Vegetables are almost done. You toss in this mixture. I'll like sort of coat the vegetables with it, and then just like. In a minute, wait for it to get fragrant. This usually takes like a minute, a minute and a half. If you like a toastier garlic flavor, you can let it go for longer. If you like that softer, sweeter garlic flavor, you can let it go for shorter. So you just let that cook. And then once I can really smell the garlic, I just like give it a final toss, turn the heat off, and I get a lemon or a lime, whatever I've got on hand, spritz some lime over the top, and that's it. And then I eat it with rice. And it's Oof. always the best thing I've eaten that week, not in a restaurant. So so can you just tell me a little bit more about how you were first introduced to the recipe in the first place? Sure. Um, I was introduced to the recipe before it was even published. In the Times, I attended like a little Diwali celebration that Tejal was at. And we was a little potluck. We all brought something. I think I brought idlis and sambar. Someone else brought samosas. And Tejal brought kale with this coconut chili garlic combo And she had learned it from, I think, either her aunt or her dad, but like her dad's side of the family had taught her this combination. And I was like, this is incredible. I was just like, I cannot stop eating this kale. It was just unbelievably delicious. And when Tejal got her job at the Times and she got her eat column in New York Times Magazine, she was like, I think I'm going to write about that. And I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. And so she wrote about it. And then I just started making it because she had like, said the recipe to me and it just reminded me of those like genius subsies that my mom would put together growing up that just like came together so fast but tasted like they'd been cooking for forever because they had such depth of flavor and can you quickly just kind of explain what a subsie is for people who may not know for for my family it was just like vegetables sauteed and spices basically 
And I wrote a whole book of my mother's amazing recipes, many of which are subsies in Indianish. But it was really interesting. Like Tejal's recipe was somehow like my own recipe outside of my mother, like something I could introduce my mom to. Like most of the cooking I do is basically just my mom's cooking. Like I mostly just what, like what Indianish is, is what I cook at home. Shout out 90%. auntie. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening, hey, big fan. <laughs> my dad's probably listening. Shout out to dad. Hi, dad. Hey, uncle. What's um, up? <laughs> <laughs> but this was like one of those things that it felt like it existed outside of the space of my upbringing. It felt like, like this is something that I have learned and knowledge I've acquired post my mother. And I, I don't think I've ever made this for her, but I've described it to her many times. So they get so excited. And she's always like, yeah, that sounds really delicious. And I really want to make it for her because I want her to like see this dish as like the evolution of my cooking. Like I learned all of your recipes, but now I've like taken this recipe from a friend and made it my own. And, you know, I make my mom's dolls almost every day, but this subsea has like supplanted some of the like Indianish subsies as like potentially like the most made subsie in my household. It's just that good. And I always, I never don't have dried chilies, garlic, and grated coconut. And and just to be clear, that's unsweetened dried coconut, right? Yeah, just regular dried coconut. Perfect. See, this is always so cool to me, hearing someone talk about the process of a standard recipe really becoming like a treasured staple that you just turn to again and again mm -hmm. and again. That is how I cook 99% of the time. And it was like one of those things where you love when you see a recipe that looks delicious and looks like something you really want to try and something you haven't tried before and all the ingredients you already have. See, this is your this is your like Hallmark <laughs> Disney moment. This is the one true love moment. Eyes lock, love at first sight recipe. It's how I how I felt. And actually this past weekend I was with Tejal and I had the chance to like tell her what this recipe has come to mean to me. And I don't think that she had realized how much I loved it and how much I made it. You know, Tejal's a very gifted recipe developer. So many of her recipes, I imagine, have become that for many, many people because she's just amazing at what she does. But it was just like so fun to like trade stories about this recipe. It was like it was like a mutual friend. It was like Tejal introduced me to her best friend and her best friend has become my best friend. <laughs> I may or may not be crying a little bit right now. <laughs> Well, Priya, thank you so much for coming on the show. Tejal, thank you for developing the recipe and hooking my sis up. Um, <laughs> but it's it's been really great to chat with you. Thank you. This was great. Oh God, I want to. I'm going to make this tonight. <laughs> Listen, I can I can catch a flight. We can make it work. I have a I literally have a bag of frozen green beans in my fridge. <laughs> Will I be making this tonight? Probably. <laughs> Priya Krishna is the author of Cooking at Home. You can find Priya's riff on Tejal Rao's recipe for roasted squash with coconut, chili, and garlic on Instagram at the.one.recipe and at theonerecipe.org. This week's episode was made for you by producer Erica Romero, associate producer Ren Farrell, technical director Cameron Wiley, and digital producer James Napoli. Sally Swift is our managing producer. APM Studios executives in charge are Chandra Kavati, Alex Schaffer, and Joanne Griffith. Beth Perlman is our executive producer. The One Recipe was created by Sally Swift and Erica Romero. I'm Jesse Sparks. This is APM Studios. Go make some magic.